0: Of San Diego. And it's top
1: Campana, and again. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again,
2: Chris. The Herons are back, yeah. The battered Herons, that is episode 34. Welcome, everybody. We got a very special guest today. We got Franco Penizo from Miami Total Football Radio. Hey, muy, bien, muy bien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you like hey, that, right? I think i it better on. than you. Yeah, thanks for hey, having man. me on, and thanks for the
0: thanks for the pronunciation of our radio. We, we appreciate. There that. you go. I got it. I'm I'm Colombian, me got it. <laughs> I'm not gonna try it. Sometimes
1: right. I sound Puerto Rican. So come on, bro. Let's go. I want to try it. radio. There you go. Go. <laughs> go. All right.
2: Uh, welcome everybody. Well, up to the 34. Um, Yeah, man, a a lot of stuff to talk about today. We got the Fiesta, we got the preseason game finally wrapped up. Season starts on Saturday. But before we get started with all that, how are you doing, Christian Duran?
1: I am solid. It is Monday, beautiful start to the week, even though Mondays kind of suck. But
2: Uh, a lot of people had today off, so it didn't suck for everybody.
1: But Franco Panizo is on the show. So thank you so much for taking the time to jump on with the battered herons. I and one thing I wanted to mention, which is just totally off topic, because I saw you grab something and you seem like a like a room temp water guy. So I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked uh, Callie the last time. Do you like to drink your water cold or room temp? Cold. Any beverage ah, should be okay.
0: cold. That's just me, though. Yes. That's just me. I know people yes. like the Lamar- – This yes. is the closest thing I could grab that was around me before the show started, so that's <laughs> what I grabbed. But I prefer Actually, it nice and cold. We- it cools me down, you know, refreshes the body. All
2: right. So we just uh, came off of the last preseason game against Austin. But before we get into the Austin, it was the Saturday Fiesta, right? They finally had fans in the stadium to watch the game, and then we had like a little season ticket holder event. I kind of wanted to get you guys' thoughts. Frank, were you, were you there on Saturday?
0: I was there on Saturday.
2: Do you usually partake in these events?
0: Uh, so I'm in the press box covering the game afterwards. Doing ah, uh, you game. don't partake in the
2: events? Uh, usually
0: I shoot uh, up back to the press box. I gotta I gotta get the video out there on the YouTube channel to you know provide you guys with the post game press conferences and and interviews. Well, what about before uh, the welcome.
2: game? The the event was before the game.
0: Oh, it, before the game, normally I try to get there a little bit earlier. I try to enjoy some of the pregame atmosphere i might pop into a pregame tailgate uh with different supporters groups at different times so it's something i try to do um yeah. especially especially before the first game of the season this next week though i i will be at the game i just won't be able to partake in the pregame festivities like i normally do it's one yeah. of my childhood high school friends which you guys will appreciate um, it's his baby shower, him and his missus are right. having their first baby, uh, and it just coincided. He's having his baby shower, it doesn't start till 3, so I'm leaving that early, but I'm also okay. going to not get so, to So Jack you are forgiven
2: baby. for not coming to the battered hair on tailgate. There we go. See, Th- there fire is, fire is fire. no such thing. There is no such <laughs> thing. I'm lying. There should be. There should be. There should be, but we don't have enough people that follow us yet, so we'll see about that. <laughs> All right. Um, no, uh, well, I wanted to talk about the Fiesta, because um, there's a couple things that they said that they were going to have, but for example, they said that they were going to have a barbecue for season ticket holders. Now, I wasn't aware of at what point they either had it or they said that they weren't going to have it and they didn't inform us. But as far as I know, there was no barbecue. Chris, did you see a barbecue at the stadium?
1: I didn't digest any barbecued food, burger, sausage, anything. So there All was no barbecue. Right, so
2: so I, I wasn't. I wish they would. the communication would be a little better. Um I know that they had a crazy sale, like a garage sale or something, where they had great uh, merchandise for really cheap, you know, game one items. Like they had a really great sale. So I know that they, they did very well with that. But I was a little disappointed that as far as I know, the barbecue never took place unless anybody listening was or, yeah, or live in the chat saw some of the barbecue. That wasn't a thing. And then we had the player meet and greet. Now, the player meet and greet was really cool. Like, I am usually anti-meet and greet. Like, I've said this on here a bunch of times. I refuse to wait in line to meet a rich person. I just, I I don't like it. (laughs) But I did it because, well, we were with Chris and his son wanted to meet the players. And then I had my kids. So I thought we'd do it. Now, a couple things about it. I got to meet two players and it took me the full hour. I think next year, if we're going to do this again, we might want to extend it to two hours. So, you know, maybe we can see some more people. And secondly, maybe we could organize it a little better because when you have the line starting at the exit of the stands, there's people lined up in line already, but people leaving the stands are getting in front of those people that have been waiting in line already, which causes a bit of a problem. So I just wanted to put it out there for everybody listening. Hopefully somebody that actually has something to do with organization of these events is listening because you might want to look into some of these things. But all in all, it was a nice experience. Campana and Joseph were great with my kids. And uh, I know Chris saw a little bit more players than I did. So how how did it go for you, Chris?
1: Uh, I mean, look, it was great. Uh, One thing I want to mention about that garage sale thing is that they made it seem to be as if it was, like, going to be an auction or whatnot. Like, that these items were going to be pricey. Or at least i read that somewhere. I don't know. I didn't think that it was legit going to be pulling stuff out of boxes. Like... Legit where you're like thought, deep diving into kind of cool. in grab stuff. And I saw that and I'm like, wait, why are there so many people there pulling stuff out of boxes? Next thing you know, we run into, into Cali. He's like, yeah, I got these two bagfuls, and it looked like hefty bags for like 40 bucks, 50 bucks. I'm like, what? He got all of this stuff for 40, 50 bucks. That's a steel deal. So that was one thing that was kind of like, eh, And then you're talking about the people that came down from the supporter section, right? Our wives Mm -hmm. made the line to be second in line for Campana. And then all of a sudden, you have about, like, a group of 30, 40 people that just come down. And one thing I want to mention, Miami organization, you had some clown guy walk up with his stupid plastic badge. He's like, hey, 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 hey. all of a sudden, push everybody back, and then he just disappeared, just gone, right? Now you can't find Badge Guy, and now you got to deal with these 40 asshats that are in front of us, which, by the way, the cover, uh, and I wish I would have had the screenshot, the cover of, um, of the article that they put on intermiamifc.com or whatever, that family was the family in front of our families, so they stole the opportunity of us getting a family photo because they got escorted by fucking badge guy. Get out so of here. So what you're
2: so you're upset because you didn't come out on the Inter Miami website? That's basically what it boils down I'm to. I'm
1: fucking yes, I am I'm extremely upset.
0: Did they steal it, or was it pre, pre-orchestrated pre that that's who was going to get the picture?
1: You know what, Franco? That's why you get paid bigger bucks than me, because I'm pretty sure that it was pre-orchestrated by fucking Badge Guy. Excuse me. I cursed <laughs> already three times. This Badge Guy. I know. Oh, You've gone
2: over see. the, the overall no, over list two and a half for an episode. I
1: have. And you know what? I'm going to go look for, for Badge Guy. Okay? I'm going to find him, What does Badge guy look, guy look like? Badge guy looks like a tall white guy, skinny guy. I just I have to I have, to see I, have I have a hunch on who it is. I have a hunch on who it is. But well, I don't want to well, say names because that could be off base here, but I have, well, I have a you, hunch. If you see him before Saturday, tell him that I'm looking for him. And I'll say, how about this? Me.
0: I'll send you I'll send you a DM with a picture of who I think it is, and you tell you can confirm to me later
1: if it's him or not. Yes, I will do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Badge guy promise. was running
2: things. But, um, you know, we had a rep that came in. He kind of cleared up the situation. He did a great job. And I wish I, w- I remember his name because he did a great job clearing up the situation. And we ended up being like third or fourth in line at, in the end. So uh, it, it all got settled. Again, Campana, amazing. Joseph picked up my, my fat son. He was really surprised at how heavy he was. I felt bad. I was like, I hope he didn't just mess up his back. He's like, oh, yeah, Jackson, come with me again. I was like, yeah, man, you shouldn't have picked him up. You got a week to, to the start of the season. But all good. So – the barbecue never happened, according to everybody in the chat. We never saw the barbecue. The event was nice, meeting the players. Wish it would have been two hours instead of one hour, and then maybe a little better organization to start off. But you know, it, it ended up well in the end. And then finally, we finally got La Noche jerseys. I'm wearing it. I got mine. I was a little disappointed because they only give you ten characters to add to customize. I wanted to put battered hair on on the back, but battered alone is like eight letters. So I'm gonna have to figure out a way around that, but um, it was very nice. A lot of people hating on the jersey. I wasn't a huge fan of it at first, but when I saw it on the field, I thought it looks pretty nice. And now that I'm wearing it, I mean, I know you're not a fan of the of the badge. I don't know That's why. True. I think it looks pretty nice.
0: I don't, I don't like any team that touches the crest. Like the crest should just be the crest color. That's just my my personal stance. Like, what about the
2: I, what I, about I, the union? What about this one?
0: I mean, that's the crest, but I don't mean you're asking me like the the colors. No, I don't, I don't, I don't don't like that. I mean, it doesn't matter. Listen, for a hat is different than for a jersey, like the jersey, I get you. Okay, I get you. Should always be. I listen, I don't hate this uh monochrome crest because it's still black and pink, it's still primarily like two of the main colors which Miami uses, but I think you could have still had the the regular logo and had the same effect. I get what they're going for. I understand it. I just personally, my personal taste is you don't touch I guess the dust, You don't. El escudo no se toca. El escudo no se toca. What about the Philadelphia union? Uh, look, it's cool. The snake did, is cool, but see, again, yeah. you don't you don't touch the crest. The crest, touch the, the crest is the crest. Like, are, you, are we gonna like? Start putting like you know seeing M's and then like just herons and like what? So now the crest can be anything now. So what's the point of having a crest then? Just have like inner Miami name and then just come up with a new crest every year. If, that, if that's I mean again, that's my stance. That's
2: my you stance. know what? I don't think the jersey's okay. If, I don't think the jersey's If they if they're gonna keep just doing the black and pink and just different waves around it, they might as well keep changing the crest because if it's not for the crest, this jersey looks basically like La Palma. But you know what I do hate about the jersey? With some waves in the middle. Look at my hat. Look at my hat, and look at the sleeve. Look at how different these shades of pink are. Can we settle on a shade? Like, well, what other team uses is different is shade. shades? I, I I like the brighter shade. Don't get me wrong. I like I prefer this one. But like, can we just settle on one finally? But nonetheless, I, I like it. I like that the pink. Went around the bottom of the back, which I hadn't noticed until I saw it on Saturday. When I saw it on the field, I thought that looked really nice. The pink on the, down the down the side of the jersey looks really nice. Um, I, I'm all for it. I really ended up liking this jersey a lot more than I thought I would. Chris, any thoughts on the jersey? Now we know Franco hates it.
0: No, no, no. See, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. That's wrong. That's incorrect. I th- I, I actually think it's the best jersey Inter Miami has had to date. I just, no, I still, it's I still, just hard I still for like me the to heartbeat. accept it without the without with, with the monochrome crest. But I think it's I, 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 because it has the I most like the heart heartbeat. Time. See, the heartbeat I like, but it doesn't have enough contrast. Like the, the same with all, yes. all the previous eras, yeah, you had black with some pink. The heartbeat is pink with some black. This one is black with a lot more pink, so you get a little more yeah. contrast. It pops a little bit more. It catches your eye a little more. So I think this is the best jersey. It's just hard for me to say that with the monochrome crest, but I think it's the best jersey they've they created today.
1: Well, Understood. I have a, I have a question. I have a question, Franco. Out of all the releases uh, of of in MLS, which which jersey is your favorite of the new releases? It's a good question. There's so many.
2: Um, yeah, he's, he's going to go I with like Red Bulls
0: because he's a homer. I like, I, That's awful, like, disgusting. They don't even wear yellow. So why are they all of a sudden like they have like touches of yellow? But when when do they wear yellow jerseys? Like what what like I, listen? I'm a purist when it comes to to football. When it comes to soccer and like. They're the New York Red Bulls. Their whole thing is we're red. Well, when they, sing, when they sing the clear. national I, I, anthem, the fans shout red when they say when they say the word red during the, during the yeah, anthem. Yeah. Yes. No, I and know, now, what's on them, they're wearing yellow? Like, what, what, what's going on here, man? What's going? On? Look, it's like, I, look we need to make City this clear.
2: Who cares about <laughs> what Orlando wears? They suck no matter what color they wear. <laughs> All right, so one thing we need to make clear in case people did not know, Franco is really a New Jersey Red Bulls fan. Not New York. They're not New York. They're New Jersey. New, New Jersey Red Bulls man. He worked with the Red Bulls for how many years? I didn't work with them. I covered them. There's a
0: difference same between thing. working with. It's not the same. It's not the same. I checked it out. come from the New York Red Bulls. Um, I covered the team. I covered them. Let's see. I moved in 2012 right after I finished uh, finished up at FAU in Boca. Uh, and I was covering the Red Bulls 2012, 2013, 2014. I covered them exclusively as a beat writer. After that. <laughs> i stayed following them but nycfc came i also moved into new york city so i was covering both um, okay and i covered just i covered mls in general but you know specifically I, I started my mls beat writing career covering the new york rebels
2: but i was so not i, I know this is this is rebels
0: so, rebels so, i have no new york rebels jerseys. how about that
2: i don't want to get like a two offer of into miami but i do have a question maybe there's some people on here who are u.s national team uh, fans you got to see Tyler Adams at a young age, I would assume. I did, I did, I did. Now, That's how awesome. was that watching him mature? Because, because Tyler Adams is probably one of the best products that MLS has has homegrown and created and took into, as far as Americans go, and brought into the national team. Like, how was it? Did you get to interact with Tyler Adams a lot? Yeah, I just, you know,
0: saw his his beginnings, and uh, you could tell quickly that he had what it takes or what it took I, to get to that next level. And um, you know, even even you know he was professional, but he always kind of had a little little attitude to him you know so you could see that you know he had that feistiness to him and um you know now he's a little older a little more mature harnesses it uh, probably in, in better ways um yeah so but you saw you saw the qualities and then and, and obviously jesse marsh was head coach and raved a lot about him and um you know now that they, they, well, they they're not reconnected now but they did reconnect there in england so not surprised that he's gotten to a high level you know he even talked about at that point he's breaking into the to the national team and and wanting to eventually be captain is a lot of things that have come to fruition. So uh, I don't know if I'd go as far to say one of the best products,
2: you know, the U.S. is Ho- Homegrown from MLS?
0: I mean, I guess.
2: If you want to say homegrown from MLS, all right. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I mean. Homegrown from MLS. No, all right, that'd mean, be fine. Obviously. All right. Um, so I have a couple people here talking about Minnesota's kit they loved. You never gave us your answer, Franco. MetLife, Red Bulls. I hate Seattle's. Uh, I hate Seattle's. You hate the it's dragon? Disgusting.
1: Yeah, it's brutal. You hate what? it too, Chris? It looks what like Real Salt people? Lake.
0: It looks like Real Salt Lake. They are not a team that wears those colors. And I get it. It's can, a third can I, you, can, you can go funky, but it like if you're watching that team play now, that team does not look like Seattle
2: Sounders on TV if they have that jersey. They look like. I, I agree with funky. you, but I think that people have gotten so accustomed to European when they have three kits that everybody's gotten accustomed to that third kick being kind of funky. Now, MLS has only adopted the two-kit thing, so that second kit, when it changes, I get that it's a little weird because you need a third kit in, in order for you to be funky because you want a traditional home in a way. But I don't know. I like the funky third jersey. I just think that MLS needs to incorporate it, though, because I'm with you. If, if you only have two jerseys, both should be true to your colors. I, that, that I'm with you 100%. All right. So you didn't like any jerseys then, Franco. Jesus Christ. No, I'm trying I'm just trying to think which one I like. I'm trying. Like there's a few like
0: the New York City FC. <laughs> you didn't I like think, any? I like NYCFCs. I mean, if I'm going to be honest and I saw it over the weekend, I know this isn't going to go over too well for you guys or for yeah, like some, that some of the viewers. I do like Orlando City. I I do, I do yeah. like the the purple with the gold. I thought that's a nice a nice touch. It's not oh my gosh, the best jersey I've ever seen in my life, but it's it's a nice one. Uh Philadelphia isn't bad. Philadelphia, is. That
2: was is my nice. favorite. I like Philadelphia, nice. even though, even though they they got rid of their, their crest. But um, I, like I see no, I see, I see
0: no te gusta, I see no te gusta. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. Uh, so before we get talking about some real soccer, Chris, you had a couple questions for Franco before we get started about the with the real nitty gritty.
1: I want to say something first about kits. I think the Minnesota United kit was super dope if they would have just finished off the bottom because the bottom was like all white, but then the top has like that bluish purple hue. That kit to me is, is fire, but they messed up because they left the bottom half just completely white. And somebody here mentioned the Timbers kit is super clean. Adrian with the number one comment right here. That kid right there is probably the best kid that I, that I saw. I'm not going to like Chris. I think you did,
2: you did a poor job preparing for the show because you should have had all these images ready and loaded to put up because <laughs> we're talking about them, but we have no visuals. So
1: I got to say that,
2: that's a poor job on your side.
1: This podcast is for the listeners this time, okay? Yeah. So okay. My, so I have, I have two questions because I don't remember writing the third for, for Frank Exactly, Callie. And mm-hmm. my first question is, out of the out of the time that you've been covering Inter-Miami, who is the one player that was a complete asshole to Ooh, you oh. or to other players? He still Co- works for them. I'm going to tell you that. I don't work
2: for oh, them, just, brother. No, that's work for I them. Work for them. First. Recover them. My fault. things thing?
0: Not the same thing. Um... <laughs> To, yeah, and I, I wouldn't get phone calls like, from Inter Miami being upset with uh the stuff I put out if, if I worked for them, I wouldn't still be able to do
1: that. Um, like who, like who, and I maybe maybe I should preface it instead of calling the guy a jackass or an asshole, but like who was the player that was probably uh, the one that never got along with any other players on the team,
2: and what exactly was it that EYN said that put you over the top?
1: Actually, I see. I knew you were like. Mean, it sounds like you want me to say
0: Higuain, but
1: I can't know. No, I don't not, want no. Iguain though. I feel like that's so easy. Like, no, no. That is, Higuain, that is easy. was very
0: professional in, the, in press conference settings and, and, you know, always responded to questions. He seemed then. really
2: nice. The only he, time he you know, didn't seem nice was when, when Pizarro was messing up. Yeah.
0: Well, you, know who, you know who was very professional? This is before my time uh, covering the Red Bulls, but, like, you know, stern, serious, but professional was Juan Pablo Ángel uh, at the Red Bulls when he, when he had his stint there similar in that in that vein that, you know, you can ask him a question, it'll be professional to the answer.
2: Um, won't be... Bradley uh, Wright Phillips always seemed really professional also.
0: Bradley Wright Phillips was very professional. I mean, so, mm-hmm. it, the, the trick with that question is that the pandemic hit the first season into Miami.
1: Yeah.
0: Had, right? So, like, a lot of it that first year and even going into year two for bits and pieces and back and forth depending on how, you know, the world was was going at that time, a lot of it was done via sky, like Zoom, right? So, Yeah, didn't get a lot of face-to-face interaction until last year and it's carried over into this year so like our interactions have been limited they haven't been as normal as they as they usually are face-to-face um so i I don't know if i have an answer like i would love to answer that question for you because i know you're looking for a real answer but it's just it's just been hard because it's really only been a season oh, right. and some change where we've had. All right, so base then, base so base
2: then, field. so don't answer it anyway, Franco. That's a bad. You put trying to put him in a bad spot. He starts. Yeah. Hey, all right, so let's flip. it. Hey,
1: I'll answer the
2: question. There's no problem. I just, so I, so, I, just, so so let's I flip, flip it. The
1: then. Yeah, no, Danny, come on. So come on, let's man, flip, flip it. <laughs> so we're gonna flip it then. Who is the one guy that you've spoken to or interviewed that they've actually given you something other than player? Cliche speak, like who's willing to come out the box and talk about things that aren't such player cliche talk?
2: Can I just jump in? I think Phil Neville is pretty open when he speaks. He is pretty open. Am I wrong on that? Yeah.
0: I mean, but he also bluffs here and there and does his his coach thing to you know, Yeah, he throws these little magic up. tricks, <laughs> but I
2: think he's he sounds more. But he's open he's than also he's
0: also coaches. right, right. He's also I think I think just who he is as a person. He just kind of like. You know, on Valentine's Day, I'm sure you guys saw his tweet where he kind of expressed yeah, yeah. his dismay about Valentine's Day. So, yeah, we
2: talked about that last week.
0: Phil, Phil Neville's a very opinionated person and, uh, you know, no. he's kind of a, a, I won't say a straight shooter, but yeah, that, you know, I, I think he is, he does have his very honest and earnest moments when he's, when he's making his comments. But of course, other times so- he's, he's being strategic. Um, for a player, to answer your question, who's been, who's the best quote? Who, if I have to go to the locker room, who am I looking for to talk after a game?
1: Yeah, somebody that's willing to kind of open up more than your we should have played better. Nick Marsman. Nick Marsman. Nick, Nick Marsman? Marsman, nice. Nick, Nick, wow, Marsman was, was Nick Marsman's that. a straight
0: shooter. Nick Marsman's a straight shooter. Like, if they played like crap, he's going to tell you they played like crap. If they didn't, you know, he, he'll give you real, real, real uh, responses. If you want more than just soccer, more than just football, I mean. I'm trying to think, man good question DeAndre's good, Deandre's well, good. I feel like Deandre, Deandre can hit a range I've, of different topics so it's football fashion uh, locker room you know DeAndre can hit can give you a, a range of different things so he, he's definitely a good one as well um,
1: well I, I see if you're talking about fashion somebody just brought up how they how they <laughs> kind of ripped you for the white suit that that must yeah. have been no bueno listen you
0: know you can't teach Fashion, you know, so it's uh, mm, especially not the can't dress. <laughs> Listen, you know, David Beckham's one of the owners of this franchise. You know, fashion is is a you thing. You know what? And, that that uh, is
2: true, but that that that's so, not very common over there. I'm sorry. I'm,
0: hey, you know, so you know, maybe maybe Beckham's uh, fashion uh expertise didn't trickle down to to Phil there, but
2: it's okay.
1: And, it's okay. And my last batter question is who on the team smells like they put on 10 pounds of cologne out of all the players <laughs> in the team
2: oh, cuz i have a
1: guy i just want to, to know Campana. if it's the same guy hey look it has to no it it's not like it be No way. no i know who it is and
0: maybe,
1: i'm not gonna say maybe gregory maybe gregory really, really? i was going to go like a uyoa really uyoa like I, you know it, I'm curious to that. see more
0: of Coco John this year. He's French, you know, so let's let's see what happens this year, with Coco John. Oh. He was injured a lot, lot last year, so we never really got to uh got you to uh, Steve
2: Kampapi yeah, so. thought everybody's going well with Campana because he's That's got the long I hair. Yeah, he, he look, let me tell you something. Hey, some guys are just lotion
0: him. guys, some guys are just lotion guys right after their showers, you know, they don't spray the problem love- right away.
2: I got close to him. I thought he smelled pretty nice. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, So now on to the the real uh, soccer talk. Um, We finally got to see, at least the fans, finally got to see the team in action. It was was nice. I haven't watched them play since uh, October. I've kind of just been hanging on whatever you, uh, Franco, you say, Alex Winley and Hess, everybody that goes to the games, I kind of just hang on what you guys say. So it was nice to actually get to see it for myself. Um, And I'll tell you what I thought about the newcomers at least when I finally got to see them this week, and then we'll, we'll go around and see what you guys thought. One, Christoph, to me, I thought he did great. I know we only saw him for about a little over a half, but I thought he looked really calm back there under pressure. He had a couple beautiful outlets under pressure. He had a flick pass when he, he was getting pressured. I'll, I want to say Negri or pizarro or out right on the left side. Like I was pleasantly surprised at how calm he looked under pressure that it kind of brought me some peace of mind with the back line this year because i know we want to play out of the back so having somebody like that back there where i don't have to worry about uh you know mishaps kind of like i don't want to say low did it all the time but Lo wasn't necessarily the most consistent person in the world so i i really like what i saw out of christoph i thought Negri brought a lot as far as uh, producing on offense i don't know how that's going to be when he goes up so often if we get caught on the counter because i feel like he leaves the open space back there but i did think he was great offensively uh, Joseph looked like he still isn't necessarily fit. Um, so I, I I don't know how to how to say he did, but um, you know, I, I was pleasantly surprised with the, with the new guys. I might be missing somebody, but Stefanelli, I think Stefanelli, I was missing Stefanelli. And Stefanelli, um, I, I, I can't say that he he wowed me. He he looked okay. I don't know. What did you think, Chris, before we pass it over to the to Franco?
1: Well, I. I really, I really, and I told you this during the game, I think that that Negri played awesome. I, I thought that he was really lively. I thought that he was running up and down. Now it would open up a little bit on the defense when he'd kind of move up a little bit forward. But for the most part, I really like his aggressiveness and and trying to, you know, be more offensive minded on on the left side of the field. Um and Bryce Duke. I mean, one thing that I, I wanted to mention, because I know that you have uh, a strong opinion, Franco, on Bryce Duke in terms of, I guess, what, what the expectations are for him. But one comment that I did hear, and I don't know if I got the players confused, but one comment I did hear Phil Neville say is that Bryce Duke, over the last week or so, has been the best player in the, in the team. And so... Talking about Bryce Duke now and, and and saying that he was one of the people that kind of stood out for me, uh, what do you think about, you know, what stood out to you and and about Bryce Duke and his potential? So we're,
0: thinking, we're focusing on Bryce Duke here, not the new guys?
1: No, 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 right, no, no. Give me the new guys. Chris is all over the thought, place. A Chris. Yeah, it, give me who you thought stood out to you in the game and then, you know, give us a little a little salt on Bryce Duke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Franco Negri was was definitely uh, an interesting an interesting uh, player on Saturday in Saturday's game, just because like you yeah. guys mentioned, he got forward a lot. Um, clearly, was given that tactical uh, freedom to do so and, and that tactical instruction. He's doing it right in front of Phil Neville, so if that wasn't the design, Phil Neville would have told him to get get his butt back. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah. clearly, that's the design. I mean, it makes sense. inter Miami, especially Phil Neville, has talked about wanting to be a more attack minded team, score more mm-hmm. goals. So makes sense that they would want a left back or a fullback on that side that's going to push forward into the attack to whip and crosses, get involved in, in the attack a little bit more, get more touches there. And and he was often involved there in, in that way. So, um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was very interesting. Again, there's questions as to what he can do defensively, just we didn't see him get challenged all that much during his, his spell on the field. So, right. you know, we'll, we'll still you – know, the jury's still out with regards to how he can do defensively. But in the Correct. attack – Promising st- signs from just you know this this first game that we could see of him. Um, as for the other guys, you know I agree. I thought Joseph. I think he's he's just still coming along. Um, he's not you know Phil Neville said after the game he's not he's not there yet. It's going to take another f- three four weeks for him to get back to you know maybe closer to one hundred
2: percent sharpness. I don't think he'll
0: get to one hundred percent sharpness, but but closer. Um, and then uh,
2: he, he had a, he was- had a, a shot that I would figure a hundred percent fit Joseph. Would at least make a better attempt. I felt like it was kind of soft and straight to the keeper, and which was really surprising to me.
0: Which one? He had two. He had two clear ones or two good ones. that well, He should have done better. Okay, I don't remember.
2: I don't remember two. There was I, the, I the, the, one, the
0: one-on-one one. clear chance that he had where Campana flicked it to him, and he had the one-on-one opportunity, and the goalkeeper makes a save. And then there was the one that he got fed at t- on top of the eighteen. Right, um, and it was outside the box. Outside the box, and, and he shot it yes. right at the goalkeeper from there. Right, so right that's the one I was talking team. about. I don't
2: remember the. I don't remember the one from outside the box. I don't remember the one-on-one-on-one.
0: Yeah, so the, but, uh, the other one came on a, on, a, on a pattern of play that I think we're going to see this season from Inter-Miami, especially since they don't really have a true number 10. We saw it at least on two occasions in that first half where I believe it was Negri on the left side in both occasions, um, and he went to pretend like he was going to pass the ball, like, like Joseph Martinez was uh, at the near post, let's say, and, and I'm doing this backwards because of the way the camera's facing, but Joseph yeah, Martinez yeah, yeah, at the yeah. near post and Campana's at the far post, right? And we're going from left to right. And you saw Negri pass the ball, or look like he was going to pass the ball as, as uh, Joseph checked for it at the at the at the near option. But then when the when the ball came in, Joseph oh, darted forward. Joseph darted forward oh. and Campana would receive it and Campana would one time flick it behind the defense. That's what led to that one on one opportunity. They tried it again later on and it didn't come off as well. Uh, I don't know if the pass was overhit or if Joseph just didn't didn't get a good uh, jump on it. But either way, that looks like it's a pattern of play that they've practiced and that they're going to try to try to capitalize on. More than once this season, probably as soon as Saturday. So
2: uh, keep an eye on that for sure. You said we don't have a number ten, which is I think is obvious, right? That's the main talking point this year. Uh Neville said that he doesn't feel like we need a number ten, which I think is kind of crazy. Sprinkle that. We're playing Let me this...
1: Just sprinkle that. Change the game. Yes.
2: Quick. So I, I wanted to touch on two quick things. One, Bryce Duke. Yes, I tweeted it out immediately as soon as he came in. I think you know we got our number ten. Me and Chris have been saying it. Since the beginning of the preseason, we want Bryce Duke. We know he was injured. He didn't have a preseason. So I know you've said he needs to prove himself and earn it. But he hasn't had the opportunity because he didn't play in the preseason. So do you feel comfortable with Stefanelli starting at the ten over of Bryce Duke? I know you're going to say yes, but I need to hear your reasoning. So, I mean... I don't think either one of them is a ten. If we're if uh, we're being honest, okay. And I don't think either okay. one. at MLS level, I don't
0: think so. I don't think so. I think Bryce Bryce Duke,
2: is in a number ten? What is he?
0: He has to. He's probably he's an eight. An attack 98 eight. Um, not he not so much off the, to the ball too
2: so much if he was playing out of eight.
0: I mean, it's it's. I mean, he's not
2: going to get bodied off. He's playing as a ten where he's playing further yeah. up the field. And, and, and yeah, he's no, he's he's not get, it's not the same. You can't tell me playing the ten. His size is the same as playing an 8 when he has to go box-to-box box a lot more than he would as a 10. Again, I don't think he's necessarily a 10. Stefanelli's mm-hmm.
0: not a 10 either. Um, so Stefano that has I a agree. little more experience. He's, he's probably a bit more polished. Uh, look, if Bryce Duke can make the most of the opportunities he gets, then he'll get more playing time. If he continues to capitalize on those, then he'll be a starter. And If he continues to perform well, then he'll be the 10 for this team. Because obviously, again, like I, like I said yesterday on another show, um, you know, Phil Neville's Job and his desires to win games, and if Bryce Duke is going to course, help him do yeah. that, then he's going to put Bryce Duke into the lineup. I don't know if Bryce Duke, he's young at this point in his career. Does he have it consistently to where he can be a proven number ten or every game starter at the number ten? I don't think so at this point. I don't think so. And again, I also like have, I have questions as to whether that's a position he can play consistently in MLS. I know you guys and there's people in the comments here saying you know he he. he was great and all this and he and he did do a good job during his his cameo on the field but that cameo also comes after a lot of substitutions are made on both sides and that impacts the the rhythm of the game that now the game is is not the same as it was when you're starting a game and the game's a a tight affair it's not the same so
2: you are 100 percent right with that i I can't argue that now what i can argue is that before pizarro i mean not pizarro i'm sorry posuelo got there last year he had his moments and then when pizarro wasn't I Keep saying Pizarro when Pozuelo was out in that Orlando game where he won, was it four to one? Bryce Duke played the 10 die game, and we looked really good. Like that's the best we looked all year. I think that when he's had his chances, he's proven that maybe he's not a number one option for most teams, but for this team right now, I'd I'd want him as our number one option, number 10. Now, would I prefer a Pozuelo over him? Yes, but because oh, we yeah. don't have a Pozuelo, I, I personally would prefer him over. A Stefanelli. I want Stefanelli to earn it. I want Pizarro to earn it. But I, I feel I would feel more comfortable if Duke starts the season as the number 10. If somebody else comes in as a sub and starts showing that they're more capable, then fine. Go ahead. But I would prefer the other guys to earn it over Duke having to earn it. That's just that's just so, me.
0: so why why do you why do you think then Phil Neville, like just you know, and, it, and coaches can be wrong, they make they make wrong decisions. For sure, of course. Um but why would Phil Neville then go with someone that's New into the group and both because he's played most as- of the
2: preseason, Duke just started playing. No,
0: but why would they go and get him then if he's not? You know, if Duke's looked at as the as the number 10 or is like an option that could be there, then why why bring in someone from abroad who's going to compete because for four De- minutes?
2: because Stefanelli is supposedly like that Coco that is a hybrid because he wants to be what is that he likes to say? He likes to be flexible. He could play him as a striker, he could play him as a wing, he could play him as a 10, right? That's what he said about Coco last year. So they want these guys that can fit these different roles. So, like you said yourself, I don't think Stefanelli is a 10. I don't think that they brought him in with the purpose of being a 10. I thought that they brought him in with the purpose of being flexible. He gives you a lot of options. He can technically play the 10. He's a more aggressive 10. Maybe a shoot first pass later. But I think Duke is a more traditional 10. And so I would prefer to see him as a 10. Um, Look, Duke, before last season started, I had no idea who the hell Duke was. When he got on the field, to me, he jumped out. So I would just like to see him get that chance. Now, again, He has good qualities. Definite- he's got good
0: qualities for sure. And I'm not, for sure. I'm not
2: saying he doesn't have good qualities. He definitely has good qualities with the ball. I just
0: don't think where he's at in his stage of his career, I don't think he's ready right. to be that go-to guy. I think he, he needs to prove that, and you prove that as a right. young player. You, you earn that. So um, once, once he starts proving that a little more consistently, then absolutely. But right now, I think if I had to choose to win a game tomorrow, if it were me and I was coaching, I'm taking L. Even though he's not a 10, okay. I'm taking Stefanel. Right.
1: Well, it's, and if I'm... It's, it's,
0: it's also about decisions right like and especially with young players who don't have that experience it's about the decisions he could have the ability to play a pass that maybe Stefanelli does not because Stefanelli's not a 10 but it's mm-hmm. about the decision making in the moment it's about when do you pass when do you dribble when do you shoot when do you make the decision like it's it's all the intangibles that maybe you don't necessarily see in a game like this where he comes in and he makes an impact because he got an assist and you know like in, in a different formation you know so right. it, I think there's different pieces there that that all add up to why he's well, probably not the number one choice at, at the 10 right now
1: well and I, I have I have a I have a thought here because Stefanelli to me I mean he's he's more of like an attacker position right like I mean it's like what Danny said he's sort of this hybrid like he could play up front he could play the wing he could play the midfield you know he, he it's kind of like Coco he doesn't have like uh like a, like a set thing that he does and so that kind of guy like I, I don't know if I don't know if it seems fair to use a guy like that at the 10 where you need, I guess, like, why the hell is Bryce Duke playing the wing? Right. Like, what a waste. I feel like that's a complete waste to put Duke at the wing. I mean, you might as well keep him on the bench if you're going to not going to make space for him in the middle of the field. No.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a central player based on what we're seeing. He's definitely not a player that's going to you know, cause a whole lot of havoc out there on the wing. Um, and
2: last year when he would play him at the wing, I think it's just because he wanted as much quality on the field as possible, on the pitch yes. as possible, no matter where he put him. Um, and Adrian was chiming in here. Do we have weights at our training facility? <laughs> Duke, to Neville, and Noah all need heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Um, so Bryce Duke, not the number 10. So you think if, if it was up to you, you think that Stefanelli is going to be the number 10 next week?
0: I think definitely starts at the ten.
2: Yes. Okay, and do you think that we stick to the diamond the whole year?
0: I don't know if they'll stick to the diamond all season, just because I have questions about if the attack can produce what it needs right. to produce to offset what you lose defensively by switching to the right. four-four diamond. So I can see them having it as a weapon in their arsenal, but you know I could also see it very quickly being put as a second or third option if things don't pan out very well in the first few weeks of the season. So. I can tell you, like I said on yesterday's uh, guest appearance that I made on a different show, uh, Inter Miami has used other looks in other games and these closed-door scrimmages that they've had and their friendlies that they've had in preseason. They've used other formations. they used other looks um, with the first team. So, you know, it, it, I don't think there's a, a set-defined 100% system. I think there's a system they'd like to use, which is the four four two diamond, just because Phil Neville wants to get more volume and attack, more volumen ofensivo, as you say in Spanish. Um, mm-hmm. And you saw that, you saw that on Saturday in terms of just the numbers in the in the box. Uh, but again, we got, we have to see how it does defensively because against Austin FC, Inter Miami was not tested overly defensively. Um, you know, you touched I on Negri, you touched on Kristoff. You know, so like we didn't see them get tested defensively enough to really come up with. No, a, they got
2: they got pressured, but they but they. But they had the ball in possession. We, I mean, I didn't see the stats at the end of the game, but I would assume that we held the majority of the possession in that game. So, yeah, we weren't tested very much. Now, my thing is that Neville is always preaching flexibility, right? He wants to be able to change from one uh, formation to another. Now, do you think that, let's say, Joseph or Campana gets subbed off, that he's going to be doing what he did on Saturday, and when we go from the diamond, all of a sudden we're going to go to three up top? Like, do you think he'll be doing that in-game? Because I know preseason, it's easier – to just randomly do that. Do you think he would do that during a regular season game? Phil Neville would absolutely do that. I mean,
0: if you look Uh at Phil Neville over the, over the course of his time with Inter Miami, I mean, he's never been shy to try new formations or throw new formations out there or deploy new, new tactical wrinkles. We've seen all different types of formations under Phil Neville. You've seen the WM formation. If you know, if you know, that's the three, two, two, three with the box midfield, you've seen now the diamond, you've seen a lot of variations. I think that's one of my criticisms of, of, Film level, I think just for my personal taste, my personal um, way of seeing the game, I think he tinkers a little too much. You absolutely need to have options and different looks for different scenarios and different games and your personnel, of course. But I think he tinkers a little bit too much for my liking. I don't think it allows for enough rhythm and consistency and understanding. Um, I agree. That's why I'm.
2: That's why I'm wondering if, if he would do that, because it's, it feels like if you start doing that, like you're never going to get that consistency. And if you start doing it and then you start doing like last year where we were the cardiac hair and all of a sudden we're producing at the very end of the game, then at some point you're going to be like, okay, so this diamond formation, why are we wasting our time with it? When, when we change it up to the four three three or whatever other formation he might try, this seems to be working better. So I, I think I, I just don't know how he's going to play that. Now, one last question about this diamond. Who do you think forms this diamond in the midfield? I know Gregory's probably going to play the six. Do you think Mota is a shoe in at the eight? Yeah, Mota's a shoe in at one of the eights, 100%. Okay, um, okay.
0: The other eight is a question mark. I don't know if Pizarro – I know he scored on Saturday. Nice
1: goal, but I don't know if he's – I a, think Pizarro education. played like shit.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think he played particularly
1: well, so I don't know if he's – I don't a, think he played like it. shit, Danny. I think that he was okay.
2: If it wasn't for that goal, everybody would have had his head after that game. But that goal was beautiful. I can't deny that. And if he does that once a game, he kind of shuts everybody up. But that goal lasted how many seconds? There's 90 minutes in a game. I, I'm sorry, but to me, he has silly turnovers. He just – i I'm just
1: – He didn't he play to, well enough to support his He has to earn team. it.
2: Like Franco says, he has to earn it. He has to earn yeah. me. Uh, he has to earn his spot back. And I don't know if he, if he has. Do you think he's earned that starting spot? i don't think he's earned
0: it i think you know he'll get a chance you know just because of experience the qualities he does have you know if if he plays to his top level then yeah he could be a starter but he's got to do that consistently um i don't know if he's definitely a starter though every game starter you know robert taylor's an option uh whether even though he's not a he's not a um excuse me a central midfielder so um there's other options there bryce duke uh there's Coco. You know, there's, there's a bunch of different options there, and, and Pizarro will have competition for that spot. You know, someone actually in the press box on Saturday was like uh, – a colleague was like, this is probably the team next week, huh? And I was like, eh, I don't know. Not too sure that uh, Pizarro will be in the starting lineup 100%. Yeah, so, I we're,
2: we're, we're pretty sh- we're pretty sure on 9 out of the 11. The question marks are the 10, mm-hmm. which I think we're pretty sure it's going to be Stefanelli. I think it's going to so be maybe the, Yeah, so the only other question mark is that second 8. That's the only real – that left mid is what we're wondering about. Probably I would Taylor. say Pizarro
0: I would, I'd say Pizarro and uh, and Joseph are the question marks for me going into the weekend. I know Phil Neville said hey. Phil said Phil said he's three four weeks away. This guy's a I, hot I, steaming take. It's possible he starts, but it's listen. <laughs> awesome. It's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, and Inter- well, for Miami, sure he's
2: not playing ninety. Like I I took that as he'll play sixty and and be subbed off at the 60th minute more or less that's that's what i took it as but okay okay that's what i i just i could, that, see, that I could, see, I so could see i just take i could Lassiter, see last starting
0: okay. with campana and I, listen i don't even know if they go 442 diamond you know he keeps saying that he keeps again i know inter miami has tried other formations in preseason so listen this one was open to the public was open to media you know, whatever we report is going to get out there. And CF Montreal, yeah. will definitely read that and see that. And, you know, all the mind games come into play here. All the mind. Phil Lovell lies course, yeah. sometimes in these press conferences because he's trying to play mind games with the opposition, who he knows will watch these press conferences or hear about these press conferences and what he's, yeah. what he's saying. So, you know, for, the, listen, the four four two Diamond is 100% in the cards. Not 100% sure it'll, you know, if it'll be the, the, the lineup uh, or the formation for Saturday.
2: Alejandro, I, I'm gonna have to start bringing a helmet every game because Almota does shoot the ball fifty feet. <laughs> into the so same. Almota no had a slammer has from no fear. In-
0: it's a, it's a, so we have a big we we joke in the in the press box. We're like, all right, get your bingo cards out. The free spot is Jean Mota shot from distance. That's the free spot. So every 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 game we see. One. Listen, I don't hate it. You know what? Maybe he could do no, better in you- terms of putting them on frame. But you need to have that weapon in your arsenal. Because guess what? If you shoot from distance, it can go far, it can go to, wide, it can go. Have now to that team it. Has, to, has to start coming out more. What happens when you come out? Right. Right? Now You got more space in behind to come make those runs, those diagonals. So you need to have that. I think it's a good weapon to have. I think it helps you. I mean, yes, absolutely. He could be better. He could be better at, at putting a little bit of those but He's the only
2: one that does it also. so, exactly. it so If he doesn't it, do that, who's, you who's taking it. those shots? Exactly. Who's taking
0: those shots? You need that. You I'm need with that. you there,
2: Franco. I'm with you. I mean, I, I wish, like you said, he would put it on frame, but, you know, he, at least he does it. He keeps the team honest. Um, I wanted uh, to, to bring something up real quick. I had a, a back and forth with somebody on Twitter, Solana, for those of you that, that know <laughs> Solana. And he said that Drew, that Campana is not on the same level as Juicy. Now, I, I understand that maybe at this exact moment he isn't, but I was saying Campana could be that. Franco, am I completely off base in saying this? And I don't give Drusell me because he's bad. Argentinian.
0: I think Drusy – I mean, I'm Peruvian, so I think I think Drusy uh, okay. is – I think Drusy probably has more quality to him. Right? Okay. So, um, Bana might be a better finisher, but Drusy might have a little bit more quality. Too. Like, there was a play, actually, when Inter Miami hit on the counter on Saturday where they, they played a ball – I think it might have been over the top from – 20 yards away, and it came to Campana, and he was one on one with his center back about just past the midfield line, and I was like, I said it out loud to to Jose Armando, who who does the podcast with me. I was like, he's not going to do anything here because he doesn't have one the explosive quality to get by him on the dribble. He doesn't have the dribbling skills to 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 break yeah. the ankles. Like, so what's he going to do? He's going to hold the ball up, wait for the other teams to arrive, and and play that way. Which I mean, it's fine, but you know, it does slow down the attack and the counter attack. Um, it's fine. It's who you know. It's his qualities, but he doesn't have that, you know, that that difference making ability. He can finish. I'm not saying he can't finish. He doesn't have that mm, that difference making quality just to like really, really uh, yeah do something on but his I, own.
2: But as, okay, that's that's fair. I, I could see that. But as far as having an impact on the game, like finishing, like can Campana not be that guy that you can count on to deliver for you consistently? Oh, sure. Because sure, Juicy, he, for he, example, at, at Campana's age, he was playing in Russia, scoring like one goal every like 13 games. Campana right now is in MLS, and he's he's producing in half a season that he played last year. I feel like if Juicy was 22 and playing in Russia, I think Campana has a leg up on his experience and where he could be when he's Juicy's age. Apple's yeah,
0: the orange comparison. MLS is a league that just by nature has a – imbalance in terms of the roster uh, builds bills and the money's invested in the attack because mls oh yeah uh, the, the the defense definitely Yeah, i sure. agree with right. that. so yeah so yeah. it's i mean it's easier to score goals in mls than it's than it is maybe in, in the in the russian uh premier
2: league yeah but russia like, has no quality anywhere in that in that team
0: i mean i don't know did, did you do you watch the russian <laughs> league I don't, I don't know i, I, <laughs> I, do, I do not this guy it on
2: <laughs> i do not but, i have no idea that was just yes, a, a there's some good there's some
0: there's some good russian teams man there's like at the top level i mean there's some good russian teams but i mean does that does that mean the whole league is is incredible no but i mean again the, it, the the there's a little bit more balance probably in the rosters there than there is in mls so again combine as a finisher if he was on a better team you know he probably puts in even more goals he, he's but he's a player again that relies on service so it's not a player that's going to make things happen on his own which is which is where Perfect. i think juicy has a slight edge on him in that way.
2: But who was giving him service last year? Because when he was da- dominating in the beginning of the season, we didn't have Pozuelo there. Iguain wasn't playing very well. He barely he was, played he with was... Pozuelo. No, yeah, no, because as soon as Posuelo got there, he got injured. So he really didn't have – and whenever he did, it's just like they just didn't click. So I felt like Campana was doing a lot of that without Pozuelo, without somebody, without good service. I felt like he was – So was... Inner miami in miami the, in the beginning of
0: last season, they got off of their slow mm-hmm. start and – and that, you know, the first game where he like really introduced himself to everybody was the the game the against the revolution where they won. He scores yep. a hat trick. And in that game, he got assists from, if I'm not mistaken, Ariel Laster and Robbie Robinson, who were the wingers at the time, who were tasked with just crossing the ball. And that's what he reminded me wanted to do. Uh, to that's all they the did. Yeah. Last year. So, I mean, so he did get service. Now, it might not have been the best service. It might not have been from a 10, but he was getting service from, from the outside. It wasn't like Campana was scoring these goals. You know, on his own by dribbling by two players and then scoring on his own. It, you know, like <laughs> he, he was scoring goals because there was players feeding him the ball. So, come. Um, Kamp- well, I, I, Kamp-
2: I, I, yes, yes, I, I get what you're saying as far as that goes. Yes, you need service for sure, but like he didn't have like your ideal
0: person. Sure, of course, him, so. yeah, of course,
2: of course. If he had a if he had a true number
0: ten playing behind him, again, I think you put Campana on a better team in MLS with, with the number ten. I think he that you know that can that production and can go even higher. League.
2: You know, what so, if you put Messi behind him?
0: Well, that's, that's interesting. Interesting. Let's see. That number 10 is open. Is open. Are we
1: really going to do this? Are we really no, going no, no. <laughs> no, to do this? No,
0: we're not going to do that. We're
1: not doing no, he, this. We're not doing this. Even though do Franco thinks w. he's
2: coming. Franco's already I, on the I've, record saying I've he thinks I've, he's always,
0: coming. I've always, listen, I've always said since years back, I think Inter Miami makes a very, very serious push to bring it. I think MLS makes a very, very serious push to bring it here. because
2: I think MLS ha- wants it more than Miami.
0: It, it rises the tide of the entire league. It brings so much more attention to a league that's still trying to grow. It does so in the run-up, in the build-up, on the driveway to the 2026 World Cup. So I think there's all these reasons why MLS and Miami will want to splurge whatever they have to spend. To bring him here. Now, is that enough to convince him to say yes, to leave European football where he's played his entire career? That's his decision. Maybe. And his family's decision. So I can't For say hundred percent certainty he's coming. And I've never said hundred percent certainty he's coming. I've always said, I think Inter Miami makes a very, very strong push and then it's up to Messi. I think I, it could happen. I, I think it could happen. That number How 10 is I? open. Listen, money talks at the end of the day. And if Inter Miami makes a deal, it's too good to be true. I have a hard time seeing Messi pass that up at this point
2: in his career. The 10 is feel- open. The DP spot is open. It, 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 Miami doesn't do that unless they feel that there's a chance. him <laughs> no, Ma,
0: Mas was in, like, I believe, or just outside of his suite, Messi suite, during the World Cup final with, like, his family or his, like, entourage. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, well,
1: they open, will they the open up the for for yellow line. <laughs>
2: So, for those of you that are not aware, Inter-Miami, I don't, the city of Fort Lauderdale, I don't know what exactly happened. But I'm they done. completely closed the yellow lot on us. That's where we used to park. Now they have a, a purple lot and a brown lot where you have to walk. <laughs> on the GPS, it says it's 22-minute walk.
1: So they're saving that sure inter- for his Learjet.
2: So, but, uh, yeah, I think if Messi asks for it to be open, I am pretty sure they will open that for Messi, no doubt. So, uh, Franco, somebody said here, Lucas said... On your last pod, that Gibbs might be on the move. Do you think there's anything? So, is is this something that you truly believe? So that's kind of scary because we're already we're already kind of thin at left back. I didn't. So I didn't say it in the last pod. I said it
0: yesterday on the guest appearance I made on the other show. I don't know if we we name other okay, shows. Okay. So, so so I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I was about was to say. Doing. So
2: let, let just just to be clear, last night we didn't know that that Franco was we when we asked him on tonight. We didn't know he was going to be on another show on Sunday also. I don't want to say so, so, it's
0: No, it's the week before, <laughs> so it's it's the, week before right. the season starts. So, you know, the, the requests are coming in. And but, let, was, but let
2: me give him a shout out, Peter Brown and, and Special Ed. It's a football Miami TV. I, Uncle, is, um, Uncle Ed,
0: not Special Ed. Oh, Uncle
2: Special Ed. Ed. <laughs> he
1: was listening to Hip <laughs> <to laughs> Special to Ed.
2: Uh, Uncle Ed, Uncle Ed. My fault, my fault. Uh, Peter Brown <laughs> and Uncle Ed. And, um, and yeah, so he was on there yesterday. And so you said that Gibbs might be going somewhere. I did say that yesterday, and yes, keep an eye on that.
0: Um, you know, he wasn't in uniform on Saturday.
2: He definitely well, but what has does that mean?
0: Let's say he, like, he hasn't if, lived up to expectations. If, if, I'm just hey, listen, I, I'm telling you, just keep
2: an eye. No, I that. get you. I know, no, I understand. But hypothetically, let's say Negri goes down. So does that mean Harry Neville is going to be our, our left back? Gibbs is not, despite where he's
0: played for most of his career, not necessarily being looked at as the backup left back option, even before whatever's happened as a plate has happened. It's been Harvey Neville who's going to get that cover. There's actually been a I forget his name right now. I'm blanking on his name. I just just found out the, like a few days ago. Um, Inter Miami is signing uh, a right back to the second team. Uh, and he will be able to provide cover for the first team if and when Inter Miami needs that cover. Because if Negative goes down, who's the left back? Who's next? Who's next man up? You McVay? could say McVay. you could say McVay or Harvey Neville. No, I don't, I, I don't it, want to put Minutiae oh, back out there. Went into hey, when 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 Franklin Negaty took that hit in that first half that he was being tended to and everything it was Harvey Neville that was warming up and it was Harvey Neville who came in for him at halftime to start the second half. Harvey Neville, yeah. because Noah Allen right now is dealing with his injury, Harvey Neville looks like he's the the next man up at that left back spot. You know if, if and when Negley's not available. I don't think Gibbs was being looked at there. As a matter of fact, um, you know, I know sources have told me this, and I saw it firsthand in the inner Miami-St. Louis uh, city friendly that we saw a few weeks back. When he was out there, he was playing as the left of three center backs in a five-man backline or a three-man back line, however you want to categorize it. Um, it just depends on your vantage point, but he was playing as a center back. He also played that position last year at times. Um, I remember in the Carolina Challenge Cup, maybe the first game against Columbus, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, he entered the game as a left center back, lasted a few minutes, got injured, and then, um, you know, missed much of the rest of preseason. So, you know, he, he has been a left back throughout his career, but, you know, his body keeps breaking down. So maybe he can't, you know, do the rigors of the left back and going back and forth, back and forth, recorrido, like we say in Spanish. So yeah, if, you, if his body can't take it anymore at this age, then it makes sense for them to look at him as a center back. But again, I don't, I don't know if he's long for Near miami
2: Marsman at left back, gotta earn that check. Adrian, yeah, I mean he's making the I money. Agree. Might I, have I agree money with on that. I page.
0: second that.
2: I he's see. Got a, lot he's got, people... got a good
0: touch. He's got a good touch, that's for sure.
2: Both yeah, he's good with his beat until sure. he
1: gets scored on.
2: So I, I see a lot of people putting this up. I just want to apologize. I didn't look, I, I am in the education system. I work for in the special education part of the school. So special ed is like second nature for me to oh, say. It makes sense. It makes sense. I I, I apologize. I didn't mean to Uncle ed I'm sorry um, listen, a
1: special so, but special ed was like a, a, a big-time hip-hop artist right he's got a couple bangers
2: oh well, I, I mean I'm I have no idea who special ed the hip-hop artist is but for all sure right. well, I that's because you I, listen to I, special English. ed so all right <laughs> thank you appreciate that all right uh we were talking about Harry Neville can his father keep his job after this season what what does he have to do to keep his job do you think because a lot of people look at can I tell you what my theory was my theory was he signed this the one-year contract because they're waiting to see if Messi wants to keep him. Because I think they believe that Messi's going to want Tata Martino coming in. That's my theory. Do you What What? What do you think Phil Neville has to do to keep his job? Make the playoffs. Okay. Just making the playoffs? Like, even if it's seventh seed? Yeah,
0: I think so. I think so. Okay. I mean, it's it, it's got the Beckham connection, man. You know, they're teammates. They're... Uh, entrepreneurs together they're friends you google phil neville and david beckham and go to images and you'll see pictures of them as teammates at manchester united in england you'll see pictures of them eating together you'll see pictures of them at weddings you'll see pic- they're, they're buddies man they're buddies and again they haven't hidden from that fact and and you can't deny that fact and i definitely think that that plays a huge part in not only the fact that how he was hired Because you know, i remember the initial press conferences they were like oh no this is not about david beckham like blah, 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 like, you know, Phil just became the best candidate, which is nonsense. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. There's no way that they, like, opened up their coaching search in the whole wide world, and they were like, Phil Neville's the guy, who had not even coached on the men's side as a head coach up until that point. So there's no way, there's no way anyone should believe that they say, oh, yeah, well, Phil Neville was the best man for the job. No. Phil Neville was there because there's connection to David Beckham. And I think he gets more leeway, whether we agree or disagree. Like I thought he should have been gone in the first year when they were on a five- or six-game losing streak, which was a, a team worst, a franchise worst. And then they got blown out in that six-game 5-0 against the New Revolution, which was uh, team worst in the short uh, history of the franchise. I thought he but, should have been gone then. Anywhere else, I think but, he is gone. But,
2: but the you know, excuse guys, was that he didn't have his players, no? That was the excuse back then?
0: I mean, that was the, the reasoning, and they gave him time and patience. and I think he needs to make the playoffs after that then. They'll, they'll, if they, if they, if he makes the playoffs, they'll keep him because they'll say that enough progress was there. They'll say that, you know, the team is dealing with sanctions, as they're mentioning there. So, I mean, he is a little hamstrung in that way. Yeah. But if he, if he doesn't make the playoffs, then I think it's a good way for them to just be like, all right, you know what? Because it's, been, listen, it's been two seasons of film level. One, they didn't make the playoffs with a team that was probably more talented than last year's. And then mm-hmm. last year, team that not many people expected much of, they made the playoffs. And so he has had one successful season, one unsuccessful season. Year three will determine, I think, what his future is
1: with the team longer term. But you know, one one thing that I do have to agree on with uh, with, with the point that Uncle Ed and 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 Downtown Peter Brown made, especially when they came onto our podcast, uh, when Peter came onto our podcast last time, is that I, I the. At this point, I feel like Phil Neville is not getting, I don't want to say the respect that he deserves because, you know, he's still being seen by a microscope. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of people are giving him flack for no reason. He's, you know, dealt these cards. He has to work with what he's dealt with. He's, He's done a pretty good job from when he started up until now with the development of the team. So I think it's only fair to let him, like you said, to be able to make the playoffs. And if he makes the playoffs, I think he keeps his job messy or no or no messy. I mean, what do you think, Danny? Are you, you think I'm far-fetched there, or are you? are they just going to bring in the I, guy that Messi I, wants?
2: That That's always been my theory, man. I, I honestly think once Messi gets here, they're kind of just going to open up the yellow lot for him. Like, whatever he wants, <laughs> Messi's going to get. So that, I really think that if he doesn't want to play for Phil Neville, David Beckham will be like, look, I got you a spot in the front office. And you still get to live in Miami. We'll play, pay you well. We'll say that you're getting a promotion to the front office. so You could kind of manage, help manage things. And we're just gonna hire another coach. Like I think that's the route it'll take if Messi actually does come, and he wants somebody else. If Dr Martino still out there. He doesn't have a job. I think that 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 would be. He has had success in MLS with Atlanta. He's coached Messi in the past. I feel like that's that's a good fit. That's just me.
0: I, listen, this is what I think. You know, when it comes to to Phil Neville, that I would like to see. From him this mm-hmm. year and I think we've seen right. some glimpses but let's see over 90 minutes over the course of the regular season. Right. I want to see inter Miami win games based off of their football off of their soccer ideas, their tactics. last year they made the playoffs and Phil Novel deserves his credit for that a hundred percent because it, it's coaching is not just about the X's and O's and the substitutions and the lineup's also about the man management how you deal with you know the locker room etc cetera, et cetera. It's, it's all of that. but last year Inter Miami, Made it to the playoffs off of resilience because they won games, multiple games late in the year that helped push them into the playoffs in the dying minutes. Whether it's that Indiana or... best of game. so it's just, it was literally just resilience, it was not Inter Miami carving open the other team and, and putting a convincing victory down. And all right, Inter Miami's going through like it was Inter Miami just backs against the walls, pushing, 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 never saying die, which is absolutely a great quality to have. But that's only going to get you so far. You saw against New York City FC in the first round of the playoffs, a much more talented team will knock you out very quickly and not let you come back into it. So, ah, That's
2: because they play in a sandbox. I hate that goddamn stadium.
0: No, but NYCFC, oh, a NYCFC is a very good team, man. At least that version of
2: NYCFC is good. Oh, look, great. look. Uh, the way
0: Alex Keyens, who's Peruvian, by the way. Shout out to us guys uh, I, I was dying the way was, to get Alex
2: Cayans here. The way
0: he was bombarding forward in that game, like the, the, just the confidence he had to just say, I'm coming at Inter Miami even though I'm a center back. Like that was impressive to me. And, but like but, but with the, that confidence when you watch them play. You just kind of see them with try the to, narrow fight field. Things, to
2: fight through. field. I think that's too much of a, a home field advantage. When you have that narrow field and you're accustomed to playing that
1: that type the of The goalie can, can move field. up the field.
0: Hey, Inter-Miami Inter has the South Florida heat and humidity. You you play with what you're dealt. or You play what you have. You know what I I just, just want uh, to see what Inter-Miami – I want to see Inter-Miami win games based off of their football. If they, if they can do that consistently, then that, to me, is a step forward. And then that helps four-levels
2: case for, for keeping I am with you on that. that. I think that makes a lot of sense because I, I agree with you. They were calling him the cardiac Herons because they had late-game wins consistently. Like Indiana Vassalov, yeah. everybody's a huge Indiana Vassalov, but all he did was have those two goals after the 80th minute. He, uh, my understanding, I saw somebody, uh, I, I don't know if it was Apple TV, they, they put a projection of the starting lineup for St. Louis. Indiana Vassalov wasn't even on there. Like, I don't know how accurate that was, but I'm sorry, that made me laugh. I know that there's a lot of uh Indiana Vasilev stands out there, but I never understood it. I, I was, was kind of happy not to see I'm not a big
0: Indiana Vasilev guy, me either. I was I'm happy just, to just see Just him look at him his numbers, just look at his numbers. He's just not not a very productive guy. He had two goals all season,
1: and he started in like game. half
0: the games or more, and they came in within 10 minutes of each other. And look at his assist. There was one point in the season where I was like, you know, Fulano keeps turning to Indiana Vassalov. Did I don't he Vasilev. He ended up getting a couple assists in the last few games of the season. It was right after I, I, I tweeted at it. I, I think I went, I went to Chicago for the Inter-Miami-Chicago game where Inter-Miami lost, and I tweeted something to that extent. And then I think in the very next game, Vassilov gets an assist. Uh, a
2: direct assist. I don't
0: count secondary assists. I know MLS does. You don't. Don't. You, don't.
2: you don't count the hockey assist? No,
0: hockey assists. No, this is football, my friend. This is just <laughs> soccer, so Ooh. we don't. We don't do the hockey assist. Okay. I, 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 know I know why MLS does it. They want the stat box to be full right. and look pretty and all that, and then try to make it does look prettier. But yeah,
2: whatever. All right. I, I know we're winding down here, but there, there is something that I did want to ask you real quick before we get into the to the, the predictions of the season. I had this conversation with peter brown last week and chris and they both said i was crazy now in the league cup over the summer there there are no draws right because they got to make sure that it works out so that you can win the group and move on i think they should just introduce that into mls i hate draws why can't we just go to a shootout so we can whoever draws gets one point and then you go into a shootout and you get an extra point if you win the shootout is it really this is it really that like, I understand you're a purist. So I know you're probably going to shit on this. also. <laughs> like, is it really that big of an idea? Look, it's, it's entertaining TV. All your, every, whoever loses the shootout still gets the point for the draw. Let's just give them an extra point and make it entertaining. Give us a shootout. Like this is good for TV ratings. Give me a shootout after the draw. You're going to shit on it. Aren't you Franco? I'm
0: just going to say no. That's all I'm going to say. No, no, <laughs> you, don't, you don't, you don't, you don't need that. You don't need that gimmick. You don't need it. It's just, cause that's what it is. It's a gimmick.
1: Like. You draw. You it's draw. You weren't, you
0: weren't good enough to win, and you, you you didn't lose, so you take your point and you go on, and that's oh, it. Like, why do we have to have take one your point? point everybody, take your
1: Papa John's. <laughs>
2: oh my god! I'm gonna. This is gonna be my thing for the rest of the season. I'm gonna be because once the League Cup goes, everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, that was entertaining." I'm telling you, it's entertaining.
0: But it's like that's
2: All a right. short tournament, and it's you know this is a long. I, I understand why they do it. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying it's more entertaining. All right, um, so. As far as the prediction, I just wanted real quick what do you think the biggest weakness of the team is, the biggest strength, and then just your prediction overall for the season?
0: So, the
2: biggest weakness.
0: We've got to see the, we, we see the defense. We've got to see the defense. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I can call I think- it the biggest weakness yet because it, it might be efficiency in the final third. You know, how effective the team is because Campana can score. Can Joseph Martinez right. score at the same clip he has? I mean, so it's hard for me to say the biggest weakness at this point, but the biggest questions right now are on that defense. Like, can that defense I hold think, up with the new additions they've brought in?
2: I think it's the depth on the defense. Looking at, at left back alone, I'm like, okay, so negative goes down. You already said that it's, it's, Harry, it's Harry Neville. I mean, it would be Noah, Noah Allen, on.
0: but Noah's out hurt but, right now.
2: But Noah's out, right. So, so uh, it would be Harry, Harry, Harry Neville. And then Harry Neville. and then he would be next man up if Yedling goes down also, no? So
0: then, right? So this is why they're signing that right back to the second team, just in case some of them are just right. So, I, I think I think if that happens, let's say let's say you know Negri goes down, you play Harvey Neville left back, right? Let's let's say that scenario happens. Now if Yedlin goes down or he's suspended for a game, then I think Harvey goes to the right. I think McVeigh goes to the, the left, and then you're bringing in another center back. I
2: don't think you're yeah, you know, like Saylor or Mabika. I'm not a big Mabika guy, but Sailor or Mabika.
0: <laughs> so so terrible. Terrible. No, uh,
2: look, I, I think we have a lot of depth at forward, but I think we're lacking depth immensely. But is it quality depth?
0: Is it quality depth?
2: Like, you could have yeah, a lot it's, of it's a guys, like, doesn't
0: yeah. necessarily mean that, like, you know, that there's yeah, but but how, how often yeah, is DJ Dos quality?
2: Santos
1: as a defender?
2: Like, <laughs> but but on off the bench, unless you're playing for Real Madrid, like your bench is usually not necessarily the highest of quality in the MLS. Well, you can have a solid backup that
0: scores nine goals in a season.
2: I think Coco's a solid backup. Chris has been shitting oh, on Coco all,
1: all year. God. This guy Coco just uh, said you're going to put him in double-digit goals? Are you year.
2: kidding? No, but he's going to give you eight.
1: Are you put guys, guys, are are right you, guys now. you know Robbie? what? Put it down. I will nah, put 50 bucks that he a less video than eight goals. Yeah, he made right a video for him and everything. Chris, give me a pound. Give me a pound for the $50 bet, Danny. Eight, under eight. That Coco John, yes. Give it to me. Oh, but I'm saying, all right, bet. Ah, oh, get yeah. out. Boom. That's it. I it's going to I run. I would have taken this.
0: that bet. I would have taken that bet. That's 50 bucks that. in my pocket, 50. boy. He's
2: going to, seven and a half. So he goes over seven and a half. I get the 50 bet. All right. No, no. I, said, now. I
1: said eight. Not seven and all a Right, half.
2: exactly. He gave.
1: Oh, that's right. right. So yes, I'm yeah, I'm sorry. If Coco so
0: scores right. eight or more, then you win Yes, I get the money. yes.
2: All right, so biggest strength on the team if there is one. <laughs> the, or what you feel most optimistic about? <laughs> this this is bad. Campana,
0: campana, Campana, Campana. Campana. He's in good form to start the preseason. Um you know, he showed last year that he can he can put the ball into the back of the net, so I think he's going to play a little bit freer now. And, and I think Phil Neville even mentioned it on Saturday that they, they want him, they want the team in general to play freer. And you saw a lot of flicks, a lot of tricks, a lot of like back heel passes or he stepped in, Like, you know, you, you saw a much a player that looked very free out there, and almost playing like street soccer. So um, I think Campana is, is the strength, if I have to say a strength. I mean, there's definitely numbers there in the attack. Let's just right. see how this four four two diamond does to start the year. I think there might be some uh, some growing pains there, especially. And as... I think he
2: doesn't have a lot of pressure with the World Cup. Is in like kind yeah, I was saying yeah. yeah, yeah. With, with that
0: with that mochila off his back, with that backpack no longer weighing him down, yeah. I think that you know, I think that'll just free him up to more because it can definitely be a motivational factor, something that that you know gets you up out of bed every day to be like, I want to go to the World Cup, I want to make the World Cup team. But it's also you know, it's also a mental pressure where you're like, I need to do this, I need to do that. And not having that, I think, helps free him up, and I help makes it makes them even even better so uh campana would be the strength if i had to choose
2: uh, a strength for this team i agree all right so predictions what do you think how do you think this season comes out playoff team What what do you what are you thinking
0: i said this yesterday so i have to be consistent um it's hard to predict an mls i've covered the league for 12 plus years now i think so yeah 12 plus years um so much can change by midseason when you make one signing they can change the whole course of the season. We've seen it countless times where a teams like not even in the playoff picture, then they make one signing, um, and then boom, they make it to the back, you know, they back their way into the playoffs or they make it into the playoffs and then they go on a run and they win almost cup. So, for sure, harder to predict. I'll give you my overall prediction with the caveat that you know, midseason could change things. Um, okay. fringe playoff team, fringe playoff. Team. Okay, now if, if Messi arrives and you know, that, and that changes the whole thing. But right six, now, six fringe playoff team. They're, 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 they're right there between being good enough and not being good enough. Somewhere somewhere in there. It just depends on if they stay healthy, if Phil Neville can get the most out of the players, if Phil Neville manages the game well. You know, all, all these factors will, will be big, big, big deciding um, pieces in the, in the season. Unless, of course, Messi arrives.
2: Do you think 30 goals between Campana and Joseph is too much? Like, I mean, is, I mean, are I mean, people expecting too much?
0: I think that would be too much to expect,
2: yeah. Okay. I'm thinking the 30 is the, the money. I think Campana gets 18 easy. And Joseph's so gonna give you 12? Young. I think, yeah, I think Joseph will give you 12. And I think Campana will give you 18, give or take. That, that's I what I'm – if they, if they can still stay healthy all season, obviously. That's the caveat. If they can stay healthy, I think Campana's good for 18, and I think Joseph can put in 12. I think if Inter listen, if Inter Miami starts the season scoring two
0: goals a game or three mm-hmm. goals, but they give up mm-hmm. four, then I don't think they're sticking with this four, four, two diamond, and I don't think they're going to stick with this, like, oh, we need to be so attack-minded, like, approach. I think this is the idea. I think this is what they want to strive for. But, listen, preseason, it's only preseason. Their only win was against FIU. So, yes. Let's let's see the, in regular season what happens with the four four two diamond if they stick with that or if they, if they go with something else. So let's. Is let's there
2: see. any chance that they choose a formation that doesn't have Campana and Joseph both in the lineup? Well, I think
1: he said. general. I think he said so say, because remember he doesn't see Joseph starting, so I think he does. I think he could see, uh, basically, a formation without having two strikers up top.
0: Well, right, because like, he played a 4-2-3-1 on Saturday in the second half, and mm-hmm. then somebody asked him about, like, could you play that? You know, like I think uh, – I'm trying to remember who it was. But somebody asked him post-game, uh, Phil Neville, about about that 4-2-3-1, and he was like, oh, we can play that formation, but we'll have two forwards. Well, then you're not playing that formation because you <laughs> you have two forwards. So, like, it's not the same formation then. Um, right, right, right. I think the idea, I think the preference right here, if you looked at the, the whiteboard in uh, Phil Neville's uh, – Technical staff in, in the room. I think that their preferred option is to have Joseph and Campana on the field. The transgression of the games, the results, the performances that will decide if those two stay there. And then we'll see if they stay as a two-striker uh, pairing. If it goes to a four-three-three, if it goes to a three-five-two, we'll see. I think the games will decide whether that that formation sticks to. Them. So I, I mean, I could definitely see cases where Joseph Martinez doesn't start and Campana's. As a lone striker, absolutely can see situations like that because look, there's a lot of pieces here. Like Robert Taylor and Ariel Lassiter, like wh- where do they fit in a four-four-two diamond?
2: They they don't and,
0: and to, prefer- yeah, and to perform don't. well. Not at all. Like wh- Lasseter I guess, up as
2: striker, striker or and Robert Taylor at the eight is what I would assume, but I, I feel like they're better off at the wings. Right, obviously. but those
0: aren't those are those aren't their natural positions. You're playing now players mm-hmm. out of, and that's you know something else you can pick That's, make that's ball, Neville so Ball. ball. You could that's something else you could nitpick about Neville. It's there's different philosophies. There's no right or wrong. It's just a matter of your opinion, your perspective, or your philosophy. My philosophy is you play your players in, or you put them in positions to succeed based on their attributes, their qualities. Phil Neville sees it differently. Phil Neville says, you know what, I have this in mind. I'll play the players there, or if I have to move them here and here, and you know what, so be it. It's at the end of the day, it's a philosophy. If the results pan out, then the philosophy will be seen with good eyes. If it doesn't pan out, then it'll be a source of major criticism. It's part of the the gamble of sports. So,
2: So, yes, we need to bring up the media game. Are you dyeing your hair yellow or blonde? I'm sorry, blonde for the media game. Am I dyeing my hair yellow? No, but I am
0: getting a haircut tomorrow morning. um, Oh, nice. uh, So tomorrow's sharp (laughs) and fresh.
2: Tomorrow's the media game. I'm assuming Franco looks like a right back. I, I, I like playing right back, but tomorrow like go. actually
0: it's, I have, I have a, I'm trying to be strategic tomorrow because I believe we're playing 13 v. 13 is what I was told on full oh, really? field, full field at drive Think stadium.
2: Oh, okay. Well, there's if it's a full all, field,
0: there's all different levels of fitness and quality. So like, Is the ball really gonna progress forward all that much? Like, unless it's like just you hoofing the ball upfield and maybe a fast forward beating the the defense. Like, is the ball gonna get enough passes forward to like break another team down? So maybe maybe the best bet is to play defense, make sure that that team doesn't score on you, and then hope that somebody at the other end gets uh gets the goal. So you know I might play defense tomorrow. I was thinking about playing winger or up front, but. But uh, I'm still relatively young,
2: but uh, yeah, probably. Defense. <laughs> All right, uh, real. I oh, well, give you Chris, an opportunity
1: to, that... to 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 set it up for other people for sure. If you're playing a right back, you could probably be able to. A set nice cross in. Up. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I'll play
0: the first half defensively, and then if we're you know in good shape, get I'll everybody tired. There. If we're winning, then I'll stay back there. If we're tied. Maybe I'll go forward, and for losing, I'll definitely like move forward because you know we got to get a goal. At that point it doesn't matter if we give. It oh,
2: up. look at Franco! Yeah, you know. Franco's saying he's going to put the team on his back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's if we're losing. I mean, I'll Got to, got to push numbers forward, man. Got to take chances. Yeah, but to start the That's game, good. maybe, maybe I'll be a little more cautious.
2: All right, Chris, uh, I can't, I can't end this without you giving us your prediction for the season, sir. Where do we, how do you think we end the season? So I can make Listen, sure I play this back at the end of the season and laugh at
1: you. Listen, I told you that we're gonna be the the fourth seed. That's oh, okay. That's what I think. I think we're gonna be the fourth seed, and I think that Phil Neville's gonna keep his job. And mess oh, up with park the fourth his... seed, he
2: has to keep his job,
1: yeah. And he's gonna park his big ass Learjet in the yellow lot because we lost that. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs>
2: um, all right, and then uh, I, I think we're gonna end up in the sixth seed again, like last year. I think the if we can avoid a start like we did last year, because I felt like it was a tale of it's not even two halves. It was the first five games and then the rest of the year. I don't know what the hell was going on those first five games, but the rest of the year they looked a better. We we got the majority of our points outside of one after those five games. So I think we have a chance at the playoffs. You know, there's some teams that took a hit like NYCFC and and Montreal, but then you got some teams that have also improved. I think Cincinnati's going to be a lot better. Um but I'm looking forward to the season. Now we got some people here. Uh, don't nutmeg get nutmeg by, by
1: Alex Winley.
2: I heard Alex Winley can ball.
1: Um, I heard she's coming off her ankles, bro.
2: Listen,
0: and- as t- I'll tell you there's a player on the opposing team that absolutely can ball. And that's definitely the player that I would be like keeping an eye on tomorrow not Alex with me though it's jenny chu jenny chu can play jenny Chu's played for mexico's under 20 national team or under- oh my Ooh.
1: god no,
0: oh, she can play she can, and i've played with her like five on five six on six at uh in north in north Miami. so i know that she can play so and she can run and she's fit you know so um she's got she's got some skills so that that's someone i'm definitely uh i'll try to studs up the- franco studs the- <laughs> up get that, yeah, get get that, that yellow, yellow card, card. So, so, you know, you know, you know, uh, Rafa Cabrera, who is the Inter Miami head of communications, is the lead official tomorrow. So he'll be. Distributing oh, nice! The yes, yes, yes.
2: Oh, so you might get a few cards since you said that you know. You know,
0: since I criticize the team, I might. I wouldn't be surprised if I get red carded in the in the mm-hmm. early going.
1: All Listen, right, so, I, before, uh, we, before we head out of this, sh- before we head out, uh, I, I got a couple things I want to show. So somebody asked here. Does uh, James asked here? Does Pranko? Does Pranko like Franko? Franco. I'm assuming it's the other way around. But then I thought that this was golden right here. Franco and Pranko are like Batman and the Joker, but we don't know which is which. That is cool. I
0: mean this could be Pranko here this entire time. You know, I
1: mean? it could be. It could be. Like-
2: How awesome would that be for you to be running the Pranko account? Uh, no. No.
0: I don't have that. I don't have that much time on my hands. I'd rather spend it, you know. Going out and hey, Miami look, we, or in Fort we, listen, we had the
1: traveler on a couple weeks. It could have been Phil Neville, it could have been Indiana Vasilev. I mean, I don't know. I, We've
0: agreed I, that I have a suspicion. is just I have a suspicion, I have a suspicion on, on who it could be, but uh, I'll leave yeah. it, to, I'll keep it to myself.
1: It's my mm-hmm. ticket rep, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> but before we right. let you go, there's one thing that some of the people wanted me to bring up, and I'm just doing it, Danny. I thought we were going to kill it with Cali, but I really need to know. Franco's opinion on this.
2: Oh, my God. Okay.
1: So, what toast? No, just the toast. Who cares about the steak? Unless you pick five, then I'm kicking you out right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, just toast. Okay. just the toast. Which toast are you picking here? I can only pick one. You can only pick one. And if you pick one, then you're out of here, too.
0: (laughs) Um. Let's see. It's definitely between four and five. So Ah,
1: there we go. Uh-huh. Which one would it be would it be?
0: I'm trying to see if how five, if five's a little, five's a little burnt. Mm, fine, I'll take five. I'll take five. Five's good
1: enough. Ah, you see, there we go. There we go. That's you got good taste in toast, my friend.
0: <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I can uh, can hit that, that that barometer there for you guys. <laughs>
2: no, I don't yeah, know. We, Danny, we have...
0: Danny. Danny doesn't look too uh, too pleased with my toast. No,
2: I, I'm all for three, but five is, isn't bad. I just have to like go with the you know with the butter knife gosh, and scrape some gosh, of that what's burnt the point? off. Go
1: kill it. Go, go punch us. We got in the somebody face. on
2: here, uh, Cali. We've we've had him on, and he's he he likes number one, which is basically oh, yeah. just white bread. <laughs> like, like, I don't, it makes no sense to me. No, he oh, likes he number likes.
1: two. He likes number two. He puts oh, he it likes over it a candle. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very I odd mean, to me. I,
0: I mean, I'm looking at that image and to me, it doesn't, like, listen, I can eat number one. That's no problem. Like, number one can but, on its own can but, be good. But that's a sandwich, well, though. So, right, sandwich. So, if we're talking about toasting it, then yeah, of course, I need something to be toasted. Number one is clearly it, not It me. needs
2: to be toasted, exactly. Otherwise, like, what was it Mike Maranelli said? It's just bread. Like, that, that's yes. what it is. All right. Um, So, Franco, we want to thank you for taking the time. Bland and unfulfilling, for sure. (laughs) Dan, bland and unfulfilling, number one and two. I'm not sure what's wrong with Cali. Thank you for joining us, Franco. Really appreciate you giving us your time. I know this week is really busy for you. Good luck tomorrow. I hope you don't get injured. Uh, I hope you don't get nutmegged. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm I'm looking forward to you. I'm sure you're going to drop an episode at some point this week. So just tell everybody where they can catch it.
0: Yeah. So Miami Total Football Radio. As uh, Daniel did so well, and then Chris didn't do too bad I, himself at the beginning. I did it better. <laughs> uh, so that'll come out this week, maybe tomorrow night, to like kind of recap freshly the the media game, as well as dive into obviously more important matters like Inter Miami's uh, start of the season. Um, we also have a YouTube channel, Instagram account, Facebook account. Uh, what am I forgetting? The Substack where I write and I you know, share a lot of the the breaking news and the stuff I get from sources that Inter Miami does not always appreciate. Um, I, I can share that with you guys under Mime does not always like the fact that I'm uh, putting stuff out there and, and getting um, like, the jump like on the them. scores the scores the Emerson Rodriguez going to Liga meiss and you know those those updates that I provide which I provide for you guys to inform you guys because that's that's the whole point of doing it um, but you know I know undermiami isn't uh, isn't too pleased with that sometimes so um, nonetheless I mean, I, I'll keep doing it because it's it's what the what the role of a reporter is. Um, you know, I don't like. I know you keep jokingly say, or I don't maybe you're not joking, but I don't work for the team. Um, so I will. You know, I work with the team. We work together, but I don't work for them. So they have. They,
2: they invited you to the game, so I, I feel like you're, like you're you're one in the same. <laughs> it's
0: respect. It's respect. It's respect. But no, listen. Like you know, it's they have their goals, right, and their reasons for wanting to keep things in house, and I have reasons as a reporter for wanting to not keep those things private and to present them publicly for people to talk about because this is like unbiasedly
1: doing your jobs. Absolutely.
0: Like besides fan podcasts, besides Miami total football radio, besides like who's talking about this team on a day-to-day basis, like really realistically talking here, let's like, keep it real. Like, like this team is not talked about on uh, on local TV. This team's not talked about on local radio on a day-to-day basis. So who, who is bringing in the conversation, the dialogue about this team? It's, Media and fans. Like and that's so I'm going and Inter Miami, and I said this yesterday and I will reiterate and I will always say this unless things change. Inter Miami repeats and repeats and repeats year after year after year. We want to be one of the biggest teams in MLS, in this hemisphere, in the world, blah blah blah. Okay. Then you will get covered as such. You think Real Madrid gets to go have a preseason game and, and keep it under wraps and nobody finds out? No, absolutely not. The, the reporters find that information out because there's enough people to talk to and they and they Is put the it out and that's yeah. and that's just the way the sport is. So if you want to claim to be the biggest team or one of the biggest teams as you aspire to be, then I will cover you as such. And you like you can't be selective and like oh, we want to be one of the biggest teams when it comes to marketing or when it comes to money or when it comes to us like having money from fans and like you know like no, th- you get it across the board. You don't get to be choosy about how you how you are a big club. Like you're going to get covered like a big Super club. Fair. I'll treat you like a big club and I think that that's fair, especially for People like you guys that want to know what's happening on the day to day with this team, like, why should a freaking preseason game? Like, I get it. You don't want it. You don't want the tactics to get out. You don't want your formations, your stars. Okay, fine. But what's such a big deal with the goals and uh, That's comment and of the night? The goal game. scores. So,
2: <laughs> no, I agree with you. And Dan had the comment of the night: Enter Miami's better than Real Madrid. Enter Miami over everybody. That's. That's just what it is. Um, and, and I'm with you. If if, they, if that's not what they want, I don't know why they want to bring Messi because things are going to change big time when Messi comes around and they're going to be covered a lot closer and to be expected to be treated as a big club when you have the best player of all time. So I, I'm with you and I appreciate that, that you get, get that out because like I said, like me and Chris say all the time, we're season ticket conference. holders, we're, we're fans, but I mean, we're not there every day. So we kind of depend on you and people like Ian Hess and Alex Windley and and... You guys and to kind of just give us the, yeah. the every day to stuff. Yeah, Michelle Hoffman to give us the every day to day stuff, because otherwise we don't get it. So uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate you taking the time to join us today. I know we went, we usually do this in an hour. We went a lot longer. So we appreciate you sticking with us until the end. We appreciate everybody in the chat and in the comments and watching live. for sticking with us to the end. Do you have any more or anything else for the people, Chris?
1: No, I don't.
2: <laughs> okay. That was simple. All right. <laughs>
0: We didn't, get it, right, we,
1: didn't get to, we didn't get into it about Robbie Robinson, but we'll save
2: that for uh, the next time you guys invite me on. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Chris's love for Robbie they Robinson might have to park not... a,
1: They might have to park a hospital in the yellow lot for him.
2: <laughs> and let me just leave you with this. His love for Robbie Robinson doesn't compare to his love for Emerson Rodriguez. I'll never understand why he was so obsessed with Emerson Rodriguez. But well, he's never coming back. Can we agree on that, Franco? I don't
0: think he's coming back.
2: No, because if, oh. if he does well, he's going to get bought out. And then... If he doesn't right. clearly clearly, right clearly
0: if they, if they included a buy option in his loan they're ready and willing to part ways with him which is a quick which is a pretty uh damning uh damning response to only one year of being an intermmitary player
2: mm-hmm. so, gonna make me go there you cry. go Chris no, never gonna see Emerson yeah, Rodriguez not. again thank you guys for listening all the way to the end we'll be back on Wednesday at nine o'clock when we have uh, uh, actually we have somebody from Montreal coming on to preview that game on Saturday with us so You can come in and tune in for that. And until then, we will see you then. Good luck, Marco. Thank you, guys.